Hello everyone and welcome to the Geary, Stad and Steven Show, an amazing video podcast with sports stars, entertainment celebrities and other great guests, combining one host who has no legs, one host who lives in Duluth, Minnesota, and another host who seems to never be on the show. But now, on to the show with Troy, Dave, and maybe even Will. No, 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 Will, tonight, but uh, you do have Dave Stevens, and I am happy to be here. Hello, coming to you from the home offices here in Bristol, Connecticut, and uh, let me bring in my co-host, of course, in Duluth, Minnesota, just like the title said, Troy, and uh, no accidents this week for either one of us, right, Troy? Yeah, it's been a good week, so it it is a good week. It is a lot of uh, good weeks when you and I aren't uh, getting hit up by uh, people crashing into us, DoorDash people, anybody like that. But uh, we've got a great show for you tonight, and uh, our guest tonight is uh, no stranger to the NFL. In fact, uh, he played uh, most of his career for the Dallas Cowboys. He was a draft pick out of Georgia when he started his career in the NFL for the Cowboys. I'm talking about Quincy Carter who did play for the Cowboys. He also played for the Jets, uh, came out of the University of Georgia, led his team to a high school title. And uh, Quincy Carter is joining us as we take a look at some of those beautiful pictures of you and those Cowboy uh, blue and whites. Quincy, thanks for taking the time to join us. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And thanks for having me, too. What is you when you look at these pictures of you and parcels and stuff like that? What's the first thing that comes to mind when when you see some of these? Um, the the, the great times um, that I had in Dallas. You know, uh, Dallas is a very unique place to play. Uh, our fan base is relentless. Uh, everything that goes along with being a Dallas Cowboy and having that star on your helmet is uh, some special times, but you know, my teammates uh, also, you know, we had some great times together. Uh, We bonded, you know, on and off the field. And uh, a lot of those guys I still talk to to this day. Uh, So, uh, so a lot of great memories. Now, one of them pictures I'm wondering, like, uh, I think we had on the uh, Thanksgiving uniform, I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, is my eyes closed trying to throw the ball? (laughs) <laughs> like, what is happening? <laughs> no wonder uh, uh, I years where my completion percentage stayed. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. Wait a minute. Is my eyes closed? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but man, a lot, a lot of great members. Uh, a lot of them. And, uh, really and how about that coach right there, Parcells? What was he like? Because it, it seemed like he was a – I worked with him at ESPN for for a couple of years, and he was a curmudgeonly old gentleman. But uh, it was his way, as he said, he, you know, he handled the groceries and he handled the cooks and he handled everything. So what was that experience like with Coach Parcells? And don't worry, he doesn't watch our show. Oh, man, well, listen, I talk to him anyway still to this day. Um it was uh, it was an experience that I would want any football player to have uh, because you had a coach that demanded excellence from you on a daily basis. Uh, it's almost like God prepared me to have a coach like Bill Parcells, uh, and I do not want to diminish uh, his excellence as a coach and a Hall of Famer as a coach too, but. I had a high school coach 
that was relentless also demanded excellence uh demanded everything you had uh in you every day and that's in the classroom and also on the field so it's almost uh and i want to mention his name too buck godfrey yeah. hall of famer here in georgia and you were uh, you were georgia player of the year i mean he must have helped you get to that point absolutely absolutely but uh two hard-nosed guys uh they wanted to do things their way uh and so to you know uh coach parcells and uh having the pleasure to play for him you know a lot of the things he did standing behind us uh, doing offense or whatever uh and just you know bearing down on you every day because he wanted you know the best out of you so it just you know it, it was great for me uh, you know, I was becoming a, a, a man at that time, and, uh, and I needed somebody like Bill Parcells. Uh, recently, you were just, uh, it was just announced October 21st here, right down the road in Atlanta, you're going to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Talk about that honor and what that means to you. It means the world to me. Uh, we play some great football here in Georgia. Um, and then, you know, going in with the likes of uh, Mike Bobo and DJ Shockley, um, actually Jamal Lewis, who's a really good friend of mine. Uh, it means the world to us. Matter of fact, Jamal Lewis beat us my senior year. We had the only loss that year. We joke about that all the time. Um, but it means a lot because I know the brand of football coming out of this state. And so for you to be mentioned among the greats, uh, with all the great football players that came out of the state of Georgia, uh, it means a lot. And what was what was that like for you uh, when when you you get drafted by the Cowboys and Troy Aikman suddenly Troy Aikman's gone and the expectations is for we need our quarterback to come in and be the same guy. I mean, what what was that like? I, I know you were a good quarterback and everybody had those expectations, but I mean, just think it's not like you went to a small market in, in Green Bay or somebody. The, the the limelight was on you, the baton was handed to you, and I just wonder what that pressure was like for you. Well, uh, like I said, you never can compare anything to uh, exactly what uh, atmosphere uh, you're walking into uh, being the, uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, um, it's almost like God prepared me for that moment also because, you know, I had to go to the University of Georgia and fight for my life to win that starting job as a freshman. Um and so, you know, uh, playing some big-time college football in the SEC, playing on the road uh, of the likes of uh, Tennessee and that uh, that raucous uh, atmosphere up in uh, over there in uh, Baton Rouge with LSU. So I uh, played some big-time college football. And so, you know, um, man, I, I, I spelled nothing in my DNA but wanting to win, um, you know, having to fight for my job in high school and fight for my job in college, um, you know, that's just a competitor that I, you know, that was, you know, that I that I am, not to uh, toot my horn too much. But um, but I, I just wanted to win, win, uh, win the job first and then go out and win both. Uh, to me, honestly, uh, it was just the next step in the journey of the, you know, in the journey of my life. And so, man, I'm an ultimate 
competitor and I wanted to go out and do my best on, on a daily basis to give my chance, uh, team a chance to win on Sundays. And that was, you know, my focus. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that you originally committed to Georgia Tech, which is right in your backyard. Uh, talk about how uh, the process went and how you decided not to go to Georgia Tech and just go to the University of Georgia instead. Well, I, w I had a lot of God-given talent coming up, coming up as a young man, and um, and one of my loves was baseball. And uh, uh, Georgia Tech afforded me the opportunity to play some big-time college baseball in the ACC and also to play with a lot of my teammates that I played with uh, with a well-known um, travel ball organization called the East Cobb Astro. So, um, and then, you know, I had the opportunity to go play for Ralph Friesen, and um, and I thought that was a, a great opportunity for me. He was a pro-style guy. Uh, I was going to be right here in the city of Atlanta, so, uh, so it was perfect for me. Uh, but I went to, you know, I got drafted in baseball in the second round, and you know, uh, some like to say I took the money and ran. I kind of like to say I did too, um, <laughs> but I uh, made that decision to go play baseball. But I really loved it. Uh, but I knew playing quarterback, you know, I wanted to just go ahead and play baseball and not try to add to both of them. But my love for football never left me. Um, unfortunately for Georgia Tech, but unfortunately, but fortunate, they had a guy by the name of Joe Hamilton, uh, who entrenched himself as a starter while I was playing baseball. And um, I didn't think I was going, you know, fair out too well, to be honest with you, trying to beat out a guy who, you know, had a couple good seasons at Georgia Tech. So, you know, I'm a homer. Um, and so my next decision uh, that I had to make was going to the University of Georgia. Although the University of Georgia was wanting to, uh, coming out of high school, uh, maybe Auburn and Florida State in that mix a little bit too. Uh, but we were going to be on probation, and uh, and I wasn't too confident how long that would last. So I made the decision uh, to go to Georgia Tech. But, you know, like I said, Joe Hamilton trenched himself down there um, at Georgia Tech. And uh, my next best decision, being a homer, uh, was the University of Georgia. Yeah, speaking of that, you were talked about earlier, draft by the Cubs, 52nd overall, really high uh, in, in MLB draft. Uh, what made you decide to ultimately choose football over baseball? Um, you know, honestly, this, this hurts me when someone asks me this. Uh, but uh, but that everyday grind in, uh, in baseball was just a little different for me. Um, and then, like I said, my, my love for football uh, never left me. So I'm playing a baseball game in August, and my body is on a clock. Uh, man, should we be in uh, somebody's training camp right now, uh, getting ready for the season? And so uh, I think those two factors were the main uh, one. But my competitive side don't like to admit uh, that that everyday grind of baseball is different. It's different. Then playing in the minor leagues, you know, going 0 for 4, striking out four times, and then hopping on a bus, traveling through the Midwest, you know, at 2, 3 o'clock, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, getting to your hotel 6, 7 o'clock in the morning, then you got to do it all over again. Uh, it's a different grind. It really is. Well, Quincy, you know, you were still in that era where 
there were guys like DJ Dozier who played for the Vikings and then went to the Mets and had a cup of coffee. And, you know, we still had the, you know, there were Bo Jackson's and Dion's. And I don't know now in this era where money means so much, we may never see those two sport athletes. We've seen, you know, people that, that Russell Wilson's and, and, guys that are going to go, okay, the money is there in the NFL. It's shorter, you know, less wear and tear. I mean, if, if you had this to do over again, knowing, do you think maybe baseball would have been the way for you? Oh man, I don't think so. Um, uh, because my, my love for football, you know, um, football is a, you know, baseball, uh, first off, I think is a, you know, a individual sport with a team goal, um, you know, but uh, but football, you need all 11 uh, special teams, offense and defense. And uh, and I love that process. I, you know, I fell in love with the camaraderie of my teammates and um, and just every, you know, aspect of grinding together for ultimate team goal. Um, so I don't I don't think that'll change. You know, um, I love my baseball days. I had a lot of fun, uh, you know, traveling uh, from 13 to 17, playing some good, you know, minor league baseball also. Um, but my love for football, you know, um, probably would have overruled it no matter what. Well, we're, we're glad it turned out the best for you. And I know you're still in it, coaching and doing all that. And uh, you're going to stick with us for another go around here. We're going to take a quick break, uh, but – when we come back, we're going to talk to Quincy about the things he's overcome, beating the odds and where he is now and, and where we are now. And, of course, Troy, um, I've got to talk about how we like to dress. And, of course, you like to dress and you like to look good and you like to feel good. And, well, you can only do that if you're wearing Fresh Clean Threads. That's right. Our friends at Fresh Clean Threads who have been with us for almost a year now. Uh, they look good. They feel good. They got the polos. They've got all kinds of great shirts. And of course, if you go to the website, you type in the GSS show code, you get 20% off. That's not too bad. And I know Troy and I, we, uh, we wear almost all the same clothes anyway, except, uh, you know, when we're out on the town at our fancy parties and things like that, but go to freshcleanthreads.com, type in that show code GSS show. And you of course can get 20% off your order. And one more thing before we bring Quincy back on, Troy. I also want to thank our new sponsors for uh, Betalytics. Of course, this helps anybody that is a better now that uh, there's all the websites that you can make your bets, but to parlay those into those interesting bets about who hits on a Tuesday and what does this guy do against the Celtics and all those kind of things. Uh, Troy, this is more your world than mine, but I, I really do like that uh, BETalytics is We'll give 25% off for you guys so you can save money to make money. Right, Troy? Yeah, they yeah, break they it break. down into colors, grades, and uh, all kinds of stuff. So it tells you what's a good bet and what's a bad bet. With now everybody betting, trying to get win money on five, six, seven uh, thing parlays, you know, this is a great tool to help you do that. Yeah. So all the fantasy people that are starting up for football and everything, go to BET Alytics. That's Betalytics. Use the show code GSS show for 25% off. And if you guys start hitting it big, don't forget who sent you there, right? They should tip the waiter. We should get something like that. And uh, as we bring Quincy in, uh, I got to ask you the, off the top of your head, you know, you were on the cusp of when fantasy football really started. And now from your perspective, how crazy has this world been where now, 
you know, there's so much more importance, it seems like, about fantasy teams as opposed to the people that are out there on the field. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I've got a lot of friends that's into it. Uh, I haven't actually indulged into it. Um, you, well, I take that back. I, I've played uh, maybe a couple weekends uh, where you get to pick your, you know, your top what two receivers. You pick a running back. You pick a defense. Uh, your quarterback, of course. Uh, so I'm kind of indulged in that, you know, a couple weeks maybe. Um, but it's crazy. I don't have the patience to wait and pick and choose teams and, you know, um, and uh, swap out the players when they get hurt. It's a lot. <clears throat> but uh, but I see how much everybody loves it, though. Uh, speaking of NFL, I want to ask you what your favorite memory was playing. Oh, wow. Uh I can't, well, wow, that, that's tough because uh, individually, you know, uh, I got to say, you know, uh, before I put it before a team, uh, a team goal, which, you know, is kind of hurting my spirit a little bit by saying it, but uh, throwing the winning touchdown pass with uh, about seven, eight seconds on the clock against Carolina on my birthday uh, was a pretty special moment. Uh, but clinching that, um, Clinching that berth in the playoffs against the Giants uh, in 2003 was uh, is up there too. So I got to give you a 181 DM. So on that, Quincy, how different would your game be today? Because you could run, you could move around, and they were still in they those modes. We want you in the pocket, and only if it's a last second. So, how much more fun do you think you would have had being able to have a little more leg use? Well, they're spreading them out, uh, definitely, you know, in this day of age of, uh, of offenses. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, probably one of my biggest secrets of playing is uh, I wanted to prove that I can throw in that pocket, you know. So uh, so it's a different age now, you know. Um, and a lot of, you know, a lot of guys with mobility and can throw the football again, a lot more opportunities now. But I wanted to prove that I could throw in the pocket. The biggest, uh, I think, asset of playing today is that the DBs can't touch, can barely touch the receivers. Now, that <laughs> would have been one of the things I probably would have been most proud of if I was playing to this day because, um, you know, we had the Ty Laws of the world, the Dion's. You know, they put them hands on you. Some of them receivers were locked up. But, uh, but shoot, you can't even, you know, test these guys after five yards. So, throw those, you know, handles have excited. So, uh, so that's the, you know, the part that, uh, that I think I would have most benefited from. Uh, I want to ask you about your quarterback school, QB 17. How much joy does it bring you uh, going back and helping all these kids? Oh, man, it's it's everything to me. Um because I've had some great coaches along the way. My high school coach, Steve Davenport, playing for Coach Donnan, you know, Mike Bobo, uh, really helping me out in coaching. He was a GA, just really getting started with his coaching career. Todd Donnan, his son. Then you move over, you know, to a guy like uh, David Lee, uh, who's, you know, tutored a lot of QBs around the league. And then my guy, Pep Hamilton, uh, you know, took a year off this year, but really, 
you know, has developed a lot of guys in the NFL too. And so to give that knowledge back to them uh, is special, you know, because uh, I, you know, I got a lot of guys that I named, but uh, but finding that edge um, to push a guy or that technique or maybe that drill to push a guy over the edge and uh, and really have him understand what we're trying to accomplish. Um, it's really special because I've had so many guys to help me along the way to really understand the quarterback position and then to pass all that knowledge on is uh, it's pretty cool, man. I love working with kids. I really do. And, and Quincy, I mean, you know, you've, you've wear your heart on your sleeve and I know you've had the ups and downs. Can, can you talk about when, what got you to that lowest point and how long it took you to get to where you are today as, as the, the man you've become? I mean, I know we talk about those ups and downs and you've, you've, you've overcome it. And, and it's, you know, it's amazing that you were able to do it given what you had thrown at you, the expectations, the pressures and everything. So just kind of give us a, a synopsis of that low point and when you knew you could make this comeback. Yeah. Uh, well, I've had a couple low points. Um, but, you know, I made some bad decisions, you know, around the age of 15, 16, uh, tinkering around um, with marijuana. Uh, and that's what, you know, started me um, going down the wrong path. Then, you know, going off the baseball, being alone for the first time, uh, you know, becoming a young man at 18 years old, uh, that we have it started to pick up. And then the alcohol started to pick up. Then as we get into our 20s a little bit more, um, then I'm starting to mess around with, you know, X. And um, and so when when uh, the Cowboys, you know, uh, adamantly uh, told me, hey, well, if you, you know, continue to do some of the things that you're doing, uh, which, you know, there were some open conversations behind closed doors, Jerry told me straight up that, you know, that he was going to cut me. Uh, and so, uh, consequently, you know, um, that's what happened. And then when that door got shut on me uh, and that fatal, you know, uh, August 4th, 5.36 in the morning call, I mean, well, uh, meeting uh, happened and, uh, and I got let go, uh, then that's when, um, you know, my whole world crashed on me. And now the weed and alcohol is not good enough anymore. And so now I'm on the harder drugs and, you know, cocaine and uh, and just a, a life of, uh, of just really some really low points. Uh, and so, you know, from what, 2000, I'll say uh, when my, my addiction really hit flight, 2006, basically to 2019, uh, my life looked like, going in and out of rehab, you know, uh, playing some arena ball, uh, but going to rehab and not really, you know, uh, surrendering to the process of the 12 steps, surrendering to the process of building a relationship with God and letting God take completely con complete control of my life. Uh, so my life looked like a roller coaster you know, for half of uh, 13 years. And, you know, I did some coaching and some things, um, you know, in that time period, but I wasn't who God called me to be. So up until 2019, July 22nd, when I went into rehab and really put both feet in, in the steps and, um, 
at the at the time, you know, I thought I did did so much bad that God still wasn't on my side. I never disowned God, but that's how bad life was for me. Uh, but I never forget sitting in a um, uh, sitting on the uh, uh, outside little porch deal with. You know, I'm up 5.36 in the morning uh, doing my step work and everything. And I just looked up to God and asked him, I said, God, if you're still with me, just show me. Uh, so, you know, in that, um, you know, there was there was three, four, five, you know, maybe six very low points. Um, but I just decided that, you know, um, that I was going to put two feet in finally and uh, work these steps and um, and let God take complete control of my life. And it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And that's great. And, you know, now you're going into the Georgia Hall of Fame. I mean, good things happening for you, my friend. Troy? Yeah, I mean, just talk about, you know, some of the mentors and stuff. Uh, and then you helping work with uh, BRC Recovery and uh, kind of like what you're currently doing with them. Well, um, Actually, we're going to have to cut this out because I can't even lie about that. Uh, we'll cut it out later. But I actually just got let go uh, about a week or so ago. Uh, so I can't even speak on that. But I get into my mentors. Uh, I met Thomas Hollywood. I'm glad it's not live, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, but I met Thomas Hollywood Henderson here, uh, what, 2007. Uh, actually, my mom got me in touch with him, and uh, that was, you know, uh, actually that was my second time I went to rehab down in uh, down in Florida. Uh, but he's been on my side since 2007; haven't wavered. As a matter of fact, I made that phone call to him on July 22nd, uh, and he sent me to BRC uh, that same day. Uh, and then I've got, you know, countless others. My high school coach, Steve Davenport, and Buck Godfrey, you know, uh, Anthony Williams, uh, my late sponsor, because um, Hollywood's my grand sponsor, but Skip, uh, Skip Walker was my uh, sponsor in Austin. He just passed here um, a year ago. Um, but, yeah, man, I've had a lot of, I mean, my, my counselor, Tim May, uh, Marsha Stone, who owned BRC at the time, uh, but I've had a lot of great people in my life uh, to really talk to, to really uh, for me to get some mentorship from, and um, and just really have some deep conversations about how I'm really feeling, um, you know, and uh, and I'm just blessed, man, to have all these people in my life, and uh, and still, you know, to this day, those same set of people that I just uh, named. You know, I can call them up at any time when I'm struggling and uh, talk to them about anything. And uh, I'm just so grateful for that. Quincy, before we let you go, what what advice would you give to the current player knowing all the things that were thrown at you, which are probably even more magnitude now with social media and cell phones and everything like that? I mean, what, what advice do you give these kids out there that have the talent that you had that you don't want them to go take those paths that, that – you had to overcome so much to come back from. Yeah. The biggest advice, you know, uh, besides all the hard work and, uh, you know, discipline that, you know, you've got to put into to make it uh, to the NFL, uh, but the mental health aspect of really talking to somebody. I'm so glad to this day now 
that you got so many guys that's advocating for, you know, mental health. But the things that we go through uh, that we don't talk about, that relationship with your mom or your dad that, you know, uh, is just not sitting right with your spirit, you know, uh, that that uh, traumatic event that might have happened uh, in your life. And I'm talking about some maybe some uh, sexual things that, you know, you need to discuss and get out, but just, you know, uh, eating you up inside. And then the biggest advice, um, uh, you know, I would, you know, say on the substance abuse uh, aspect of it, listen, fellas, weed is not legal. Weed is not, uh, has no place in where we're trying to be. Um, I can look back on uh, some games or something and knew uh, how, you know, I was maneuvering on the field that I did some things during the week that didn't allow me you know, to put out my best effort on Saturdays or Sundays. Uh, it has no place for you. Uh, any mind-altering, you know, drug or substance or whatever that's going to hold you back from your ultimate dreams. I mean, like, literally, I had the world in my hands. And literally, you know, I'm sitting here trying to do something and hide uh, uh, a habit that was ultimately just chopping at the bitch, getting ready to take my whole career away from me. But I didn't, you know, I didn't think that it'll ever go down like that. I didn't think that I'd, it'll ever get caught. So just know everything you do in the dark is going to come to light. And we've got this great opportunity uh, as an athlete uh, and to really, you know, uh, accomplish all our dreams and goals. And you're going to let a plant or any substance, these pills out here or whatever, take that away from you. What's going on inside? Talk about it. Get it out. You don't have to go down this route. Well, you're one of only eight uh, quarterbacks in franchise history to throw for over 3,000 yards, and that must have been in uh, the training camp you were with, with Vinny Testaverde, Drew Henson, another baseball player, and then that third-string guy, this Tony Romo guy, he's never going to make it in this league, right? How about that? I won't get into that. Uh, I won't get into that because I know, um, I know I'm a competitor, so I won't go. You can't ask me <laughs> like this, but uh, but he worked, um, and you know, uh, Tony had me uh, peeking out uh, the uh, our uh, weight room had all these glass, you know, uh, windows or whatever. You can kind of peek out on the field, and I swear, sometimes I'd be in that uh, that weight room, and I'd be like. That dude will not stop working. So Tony worked for everything he got, man. Much respect. Okay. Well, before we let you go, I just want to ask you, you got anything to promote, uh, where people can find you? And, you know, your story is great. So uh, maybe we, you can get you out there motivational, do some motivational speaking. You know, Dave does that uh, here and there. So uh, just, yeah, let everybody know where to find you and uh, anything you uh, got going on you want to promote real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I'm training quarterbacks yearly. Uh, I've just uh, got my uh, my foundation off the ground. Uh, we we uh, we you know our mission is to uh, raise money and help people or help kids get into some of these high price camps uh, that they have. That's so important now because the four and five star guys and the transfer portal guys you know, uh, are taking a lot of scholarships. So these camps 
you know, the Under Armors, the uh, Elite 11s, they're so important to get to. So we want to send out a lot of kids uh, to these camps. We got a, you know, scholarship banquet we're going to be hosting every year. Uh, and then I do motivational speaking, too. So you can find me at, um, at the Quincy Carter Foundation, uh, dot com. Uh, that's the Quincy Carter Foundation.com. All right, Quincy. Well, thanks for taking some time and being so candid and uh, nothing but praise for you, my friend. And I hope uh, things continue to go well for you. Best of luck to you and your son. And, uh, you know, we'll check in with you down the road and see how the quarterback thing is going for you. Let's do it again. All right. All right. For Quincy, Troy, you got anything to say? Yeah, just, Quincy, I really appreciate you taking time on your busy day. I know you got a lot of stuff going on, and we appreciate it. All Thanks right. Well, thank you. And again, continue to follow us on all social media platforms. And don't forget, you can watch us on your home TV. And now, yeah, we're on Roku. You don't believe me? Well, go out and get this thing. It hooks up to your TV really easily. You can watch us and see us. And you can see this amazing show that we just did. So for Troy, myself, and Quincy, thank you. Take care and have a great night. Thank you for tuning in to the Gary Stan and Steven Show. Follow us on social media, watch us on yourhometv.com, or now we're on Roku. Download it and watch us, and thanks for tuning in. Until next time, America.